Hello and welcome to The Audio Visualist. My name is Jeffrey Shoup and this is my podcast and I am the host. So, uh, first episode, what is this podcast going to be about? Uh, it's going to be about a little bit of everything, creating audiovisual things. Um, it's a lot of things, but um, uh, myself, I enjoy everything from sound to creating the visuals to design, uh, graphic design. I have a good amount of experience in a number of these different spaces, but I always like to learn more. So I thought, well, why not start a podcast? I can go out and meet more folks, uh, chat with more folks that uh, know more than I do. Um, with all this, I'd, I'd like to be able to create some usefulness for you as well. All right, so here we go, our first episode. We have Tim Dugan on the episode today. He is the co-founder of Five Folds Creative here in Nashville, Tennessee. He and his partners run that as well as a YouTube channel called Gems on VHS. Let's jump right into our chat with Tim Dugan. In this section, he's given us the story of where he started coming out of school as a photographer on his way through uh, to transitioning into videography and where he is now with Five Folds Creative. I, I, um, I, I would say there were two pivotal moments in my work life or periods of time um, where I, I had to really double down on my commitment level to the idea of being full-time. And one would be uh, coming out of school. Um, so I came out of school in 2011 and I had been studying art photography. And uh, at that point, I, for most of school, I had figured that photography was an unrealistic career. And then near the end of my schooling, I dis decided with one semester left in undergrad that I didn't want to be an elementary school teacher. And uh, despite having, I mean, I graduated with like 100 extra hours. It was absurd. It was, no, it wasn't 100. It was 70, though. But <laughs> I graduated with 70 more hours than I would have needed just to technically graduate because I changed my mind so many times. And I, I felt like um, the thing that I had been passionate about for years on the side was a hobby. And then my last semester of school, I decided I didn't want to be an elementary school teacher. Let me look at photography seriously. And I went out and I just emailed everybody that I could find in Knoxville who seemed to be like a respectable photographer. Um, and just see if I could meet up with them, intern for them for a second, something like that. Um, got coffee with a few, some of whom were like wedding shooters or did some architecture photography on the side. And those were encouraging. And I didn't want to be a wedding shooter, but uh, I knew that was there. Um, so that helped make it more realistic. A lot of this was me building a case for how this could really work. I had to find solutions before doing it. And then I got, I did like a two week free internship with Jeremy Cowart, who is a photographer who I think is still in town. I don't know. And he had seen some weird piece of art I had made that was like a landscape made out of uh, my hands and body with like lots of warts on it. And he saw that and he was like, this guy's weird. Like he should spend two weeks with me on his winter break. So I interned with him very briefly. And uh, that, again, gave me confidence. Like, this is a real career path. Mm -hmm. So once I got back to Nashville, I knew 
I was going to find a career in photography somehow. So around that time in college and around that time coming back, I did a few weddings for like 300 bucks. It's, it sucked, man. It's the worst. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, not for me anyway, you know. For some people it's fantastic. But um, And then I started building a portfolio on, this, on the side and I had to decide what I was trying to build up. I ended up picking up... Um, just trade shoots with models on model mayhem mm -hmm. and doing those on the weekends off of my restaurant job, but then also having and work I'm in Nashville working at a restaurant. Everybody's a musician. Right. So they'd ask me for some portrait stuff like that. And it came the time when I needed a push out. Um, and I just, I decided I was, I'd been there like a year and a half. So like this is long enough. Let me make sure I have a few grand in the bank. I've got really low living expenses right now. I could live off this three grand for six months if I have to. Like, so I'm just quitting. And at worst, I get no jobs for the next six month, months and I go back to a restaurant. And so that was the point where I needed to, I was actually getting tested and uh, in the market and I really, looking back, what I needed from that to build the confidence to keep going was just that anybody wanted to work with me. I email blasted like everything I could find, businesses, bands, anything. I spent like the first month just how many emails a day can I send and start meeting some people and met new bands and started working with some of them and some of them wanted me to come back and do something with them again. It was an extremely low price point and... Um, that was all I felt comfortable with at that point. But I did get stuff picking up enough. And like I said, after the first year of doing that, I got a email out of the blue from somebody who was a friend of a friend to go work with this country artist. And so that was reaffirming too. So within that first year, I really just got feedback that told me that this is viable, even if I made like shit for money. Um, and then a few years later, after I quit that Dirks job, I was back to freelancing. And I just had had enough referrals through that that I didn't really think enough about how much I need to stoke the business with new work and new people and meet people and talk about what I do with them. And uh, so I hit kind of a low point I had uh, with actually what I was pulling in for work as well as just my motivation because now people weren't hitting me up. I didn't have that feedback. So that was the second point where I had to turn another corner and figure out number one, is this something I want to continue to do? Um, and if so, how do I do it in a way that makes me like just a middle-class income? Um, cause that's something I hadn't done before and I hadn't cared really until that point it was just getting older, having, uh, at that point, a fiance or at least a girlfriend that I knew I was going to marry. Um, and I really searched myself high and low for motivation, um, and what I wanted to do. And I still didn't have great answers. So I went and just asked people. 
um, what they thought, friends, and at least one friend pointed me to his dad, who's been a commercial real estate developer for like 30 years and with a brokerage. But, you know, essentially that is freelance for like the last 30 years. And I asked him, like, what do I, what do I do? <laughs> like, I think I want to do this. And he really gave me uh, a pep talk that kind of set me straight um, as to my choice here. And it was essentially just saying, like, you know, you've been doing this. You see what the landscape is like out there as a freelancer. You see the real landscape of work where there is no safety net ever. When people work at a normal job, that shit can drop out at any point. You, you don't actually have a safety net underneath yeah. you. You might have some as in like severance or, you know, you can build your own with savings. But you can do that in freelance too. So in the next part of this conversation, we chat a little bit about how things have changed for Fivefold's creative as they've gotten larger, and also how things have changed for Tim, going from being a freelancer to being part of a partnership, and how that changes things. Fivefold's creative is about making fun stuff for money. So that's our goal: is like let's enjoy making money, making and and. And making cool stuff that people actually want. I mean, that's the best way to make money making cool stuff is they should actually get use out of it too. It's not just for us, it's for them. It's really changed a lot to have a partner who I work closely with and have spaces. Mm. When Anthony and John and I partnered up originally in 2016, just as Fivefolds Creative, um, we would work out of my house or out of our own homes and kind of just loosely say like, you want to come over to mine? We'll make some coffee and we'll work for a while. Um, and eventually we got to the point where we were working out of a studio space in Donaldson that was kind of janky, but pretty cheap and had a psych wall that we could kind of use whenever it had a windowless room that we could set up some desks in and, um, but it was, it was good for the moment, but just me and Anthony there still allowed us to get a lot more work done and be a lot more focused. And then eventually when we moved to 100 Taylor street to the arts collective, now we're surrounded by lots of other parties. We have other desks where we have our, uh, lone employee, Monica Murray, and, uh, we have John Taylor has his own desk. And another friend of ours, Yuri Figueroa, has a desk. And we can all kick ideas off of each other. And it can be more and more a focused place to work. I think the partnership in a less physical way has become a focused place to work as well. Mm-hmm. Having people in the office that you're, you're usually there when they're there, they're asking where you are when you're not there. Mm-hmm. You know, that helps. Having a partner that can be like, hey, I was, it's end of the month, we need to run finances. Like, what are you doing? Like, it's the 31st, we need to do this. That helps. Mm -hmm. You don't just be like, oh, I'll do my books like Wednesday, whatever, fuck. Um, When you have accountability, you do a lot more. And it's, it can be a hard thing to do when you're truly freelance. It's also something that can be the advantage of being truly freelance where you're like, I'm leaving. 
don't know. <laughs> to wrap up my chat with Tim, I just asked if he would be willing to give us some influences. Give us a little bit of homework, something to check out if we haven't already. And so here he is. I would say like I have most of my work, I would think doesn't really reflect what I've been influenced by really like. But maybe it does more than I know. Um, with the Gems on VHS YouTube channel, shooting takeaway show performance videos of musicians, um, both Anthony and I watched La Blagotech a lot in past days, um, which is a, I don't know if it's the original, but the maybe the inventor of the takeaway show uh, term um, and loved how some of those performances were just really you could hear the wind passing by and and strangers and felt very authentic um i've been influenced mainly by things that are i would be misusing the term cinema verite but like uh in the more verite style documentary style mm -hmm. of things yeah. as far as photo and video um ross McElwee's um Sherman's March is one of my favorite documentary movies shot in the mid 80s. Uh, it's just like, it's kind of a meandering, strange tale that starts out as a guy with a grant trying to look at the influence of Sherman's March across the South and instead finds himself in and out of love with various women along the route of Sherman's March across the South as like a 30-something whose family is asking him when he's going to get married. Awesome. Strange movie. Very POV. Um, I love Werner Herzog. Uh, like Encounters at the End of the World or Into the Abyss are two of my favorite documentary films. Uh, and then I used to look at a lot more photo. I loved... Uh, I loved... Edward Bertinsky's photography and uh, documentary movie manufactured landscapes. Um, it's a lot of uh, tripod or slow dolly shots that are just kind of grand and you can just live in them for a little while. A lot of the stuff I've been influenced by, I guess, are like slow documentaries. <laughs> but I don't watch that many anymore. I watch a lot of, uh, I rewatch Louis Theroux documentaries a lot. He, he had a series on the BBC called Weird Weekends for a long time, and he would embed himself with neo-Nazis, or he did a couple episodes with uh, the Westboro Baptist Church mm. or pornography actors. Mm. Um, and do kind of an experiential uh, gonzo journalism doc about it. Always controversial topics. Really cool. We're going to wrap up the podcast there. I'm going to give a big thanks to all of you for listening. And, and the biggest thanks, of course, to uh, Tim Dugan. He was the first interviewee for this podcast. Discussion, chat, whatever you want to do. He knew he was going to be the first. And so I really appreciate him uh, being the guinea pig of sorts. And he did a great job. Uh, I had a great time learning about his journey to becoming uh, the artist and the filmmaker that he is today. And of course, his influences. I have a bunch of homework now. I'm going to have links to everything in the show notes. So please check it out. Check out Fivefolds Creative, Gems on VHS, all that good stuff. So if you would like the podcast, please subscribe, comment, star. And until next time, we'll see you.